guys, what's up? My name is Harmony, and I have a guest with me today. You want to say something? Something. <laughs> also, I was going to let you guys know, I we were going to, like, cheers and open our drinks, but I didn't even realize that I just opened mine because I was thirsty. This is the sound you missed. Mm. I feel so bad for their ears right now. <laughs> Welcome. This is What the Actual F. As I said, I am Harmony, and I am your host here. Today, I have... The guest with me. The guest. The guest. The guest, known as Andrew. He has been on this podcast before. He's actually, um, because of, like, I've, you don't know, you haven't been aware of everything. I've kind of, like, redid a lot of stuff with the, the podcast. A lot of episodes are gone, you know, because there are chapters that are closed. So, you are still on a few of the episodes, but the first one you will always be on is, you know, what's in your pants. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. The best... <laughs> episode of a podcast i listened to it the other day because i just wanted to see the change in everything and i remember recording it laying my phone down in the echoing house that i lived in and anytime like we even stepped you could hear the floorboards just going because that house just felt like it was held up by sticks yeah oh man it's terrible it really was this is delicious though <laughs> is it really try it. no no just it's a taste oh, okay. just a taste okay like v8 right mm-hmm. yeah it's like really good. Oh, it's like <clears throat> it's a it's salted and like a hint see, of lime. Yeah, I like okay, so I like uh, you know, uh bloody marys, but that doesn't that's not that just tastes like someone took tomato juice and poured it in a beer. With salt. What, yeah, I love salt, so that's yeah, there's plenty of salt in it. I'm a salty ass bitch. Okay, so uh we are going to uh go ahead and I guess start talking about this. This episode contains graphic content. Listener discretion is advised. So today I have a crazy case for you, and it was requested via the podcast email, and it was by Lisa Jones from North Carolina. Thank hey you, Lisa. Lisa. What's up? Thank you. Appreciate it. Yes. Um, so Lisa's actually from the same state where this takes place, and that is North Carolina. On October 28th, 2015, a man by the name of Pazuzu, now... I know what <laughs> I knew that was coming. Now, I honestly, his name is Pazuzu Algerad or Algerad. I, I heard it said two different ways, but yeah, so it's Pazuzu Algerad. Um, he was found dead in his cell after he had committed suicide by biting into his own forearm. How, you can how die that? that way? I mean, I am. He so he bit into. I looked. I don't know. Okay, so I did research. The rumor is that he bit into it because there was not really a way for him to do what he had done. But he bit into his forearm and hit an artery, is what the rumor is. It was never verified by like the medical report and stuff. But how not? Like, all can't of, they check gonna, that? The reason why I'm gonna say like why they're stating it is you're gonna find out, listeners and you, the um, the likelihood that that is what he. Yeah, she didn't fill me in at all before we started. No, this, I just by the way. I showed him some pictures, and I don't even think I said his name, did I? I don't know. No, no. Yeah, because yeah, no, you, you were like you're sitting there like no, no wait no okay so wow um this Sounds is like a cartoon character. This is a quote from his autopsy report. It says, Received with the body are miscellaneous papers and books, two strawberry shortcake rolls, a red marker, a box of colored pencils, a packet of sugar, 
a black watch, an electric razor, and a clear unlabeled bottle filled with red fluid. So the man likes his sweets. I mean, he's he's rolling deep with two strawberry shortcakes and a packet of sugar. I, hey, well, hold on. Wait. Strawberry shortcake rolls are the bomb. Oh, so. yeah. No, seriously. Those are so good. They're also like a dollar at the dollar store. Well, so. in prison, I'm sure they're like $5. I'm sure, but... <laughs> I'm sure they are. But yeah, so um, that's... So what happened leading up to Pazuzu landing in prison and who is he? I'm sure that's at least something you might want to know. I mean, if you don't want to know, you have to know because... It's kind of important. We're here. So. You know, this it's... is what it's for. Exactly. <laughs> so... So let me go ahead and tell you the story. And that story begins in San Francisco on the morning of April 12th, 1978. San Fran? That San, explains it. San Francisco. John Alexander Lawson was born to parents Timothy J. Lawson and Cynthia Pretty Lawson, a loving couple who had been married for seven years, like at the time of his birth. John was active, energetic, had ambition, and wasn't afraid to take what he wanted. He enjoyed being the center of attention and was very persuasive with his friends. But the charisma that he was known for would ultimately turn much darker as he grew older. So, like, his good qualities in time would just... They'd still be there, but it would go more on, like, a, a darker side. Think, like, villainous. So, like... He'd use his powers for evil. Exactly. <gasps> he used his powers for dun, evil. Dun, dun. Okay. Uh, so John, um, his childhood was actually a bit troubled. And after moving from California to North Carolina, his parents got a divorce in 1990, which resulted in reported trauma to John. He claimed that there was sexual abuse and neglect. Though these claims were never followed through with any legal action, which is also something that we're going to see is very common in this case. Legal action doesn't seem to, well, it doesn't seem to happen until they're like, fine, I guess we got to fucking do something, you know? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So he gets, he gets off a lot. He, I mean. Well, you know. I mean, he legal, does both, actually. Sense. When we talk about it, you're going <laughs> to, oh, he Jesus. does both. Yeah. Not like, I'm not going to go into? into details on that, but oh. I mean, like, he's, there's, I'm sure there's no, there's no shortage of women around him, which I don't even understand. I'm just going to keep going. So. Good for him. John um, Alexander Lawson is, his childhood is, it's not great, you know. After he moved to California, to North Carolina, his parents got a divorce, and there's these claims of stuff, so he's going, he's going dark, he's going rogue. His parents divorced, they, they, they did it during, like, a time in his life that he's young, he's kind of forming, coming into being, you know, well, I guess not even a teen, he was, he was young, so he's becoming him, you know, core time in his life. And it ended up forcing him to assume a responsible role in the household, you know, the man of the house. Or he could sit back and just watch as his mother worked hard just to make ends meet. And, you know, you, you come from a household of divorced parents. Mm -hmm. And you can probably see how it does, it, it changes. Your, your whole life is a whole switch. Yeah, man, it's, it's, it's different because... Instead of one Christmas, you get two. Oh goodness! And um, my son's actually so excited. Double about birthdays. That. He's, yeah. So that's pretty cool. Um, 
you know, the longing of each parent to make you want them more than the other. There's that. So, so, um, this ended up causing strain on their relationship and it caused John to become the prime focus and a very heavy burden to his mother, Cynthia. So their relationship became increasingly complex as John grew more and more up and into adulthood. After the divorce, Timothy, John's father, returned to California, and within a few years, Cynthia got remarried to a guy named John, Larry James. That guy has three first names for a name. John, Larry, James. His name is not... I know it's John Jacob Jingle Hammer Smith, but, you know, it's, it's close. It's close. It's a little close. You tried. If you close your ears, you can hear the sound. I'm patting directly. her on the head for trying. <laughs> so, um... They were remarried, um, he, or sorry, she got remarried to this John guy in Cook County, Tennessee, where they reported their home address as 2749 Knob Hill Drive in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Okay, Cynthia, John, Larry James, the guy with three names, and John Lawson all lived together in this decent-sized house, which I so, showed you some of, um... And which at one point actually had an in-ground pool and dark wood paneling throughout on the walls. This home would later become known as a literal house of horrors and play a key factor in this case. One, um, someone close to the family, one person, said that his stepfather, Pazuzu's stepfather and mother, had taken Algerad, Pazuzu, to a center for troubled kids, but that he managed to persuade the counselors that his mother was actually the problem and not him. You know, obviously. At school, Pazuzu was bullied and called Turd Boy for his body odor. He eventually dropped out of ninth grade and after he repeated the year several times over and over. So he was dropped out of school, you know. Very, when I say young age, like... Uh, at least he tried multiple times. He did, because you have to be, at least in Florida, I believe you have to be 16 to drop out. Mm-hmm. And that means, because the average age, I think, when you go into ninth grade is like, what, 14, 15, mm-hmm. give or take? So he repeated it at, at least twice. twice. Yeah. Yeah. Jinx. We know that. And <laughs> you owe me a Coke. Wait. Wait, I said yeah. it. Ah, no, you said it. Damn it, I owe you a Coke. This one in the fridge. You can have it. So, um, yeah. He... He, he left, and uh, eventually the strain on his mother's marriage became too great. The source that was talking about this said that Cynthia told Johnny he had to leave. She, she thought that she could straighten up Pazuzu, and he could, she could only do that if Johnny was gone. Interjection. Yes, what's that? So, I can relate to Pazuzu here, because my mother remarried with my stepfather mm-hmm. and uh right around the end of junior year right before senior year mm-hmm. things were getting a little hectic in the household and mm-hmm. i was having to break up arguments is what we'll call them for how old legal you? reasons how old were you in 11th grade 17 yeah so you're still a giant or I, maybe right? i just <laughs> turned 18 okay um and so it was really tense in the house and they they were doing a lot of things that were irritating me and so I was getting irritated so everyone was irritated all the time well my mother 
has epilepsy and mm. she started having her mother. nightly seizures again. So I've she, known his mother for a few years, by the way, and I didn't even know that. So Yeah. So so she was having her seizures. She had their wires hooked up to her head and shit and all that good stuff. Well, long story short, I was told that I was the issue. I was stressing out my mother and causing her seizures. So they asked you to leave. And so they kicked me out. So I was sitting on the sidewalk with my stuff, uh, trying to figure out where I was going to go. And then they got home from dinner or wherever they went. They said, you know what? Just come inside. It's not a big deal. Well, the very next day, they kicked me out again. And this time it was for real. So uh, my best friend and his parents came and got me. And they took me in and helped me out. But well, it, it was very, it was very uh, stressful. So I can I, only imagine. I, I mean... I get it, you know, like, well, she, you, you're actually relating, I guess, more with, like, Johnny then, like, not Pazuzu, because he was, so you're, you were told to leave. Johnny wasn't the problem, but she was seeing it more like, if you're here, I can't focus on the problem. So, I'm not saying you were the problem, that was just what was going on, and they had stated that. Yeah. Um, now, I can see why you're, you're, you know, you're probably relating to him, too, with the aspect of, like, well, my mom thinks I'm a problem. But yeah, yeah so you you actually can really up to both of them. Like, you were told to leave, but you're also told that you're the problem. So you have... I'm both. Dual, double-edged <laughs> sword there. So um, he, he told her that that was a crazy idea and that she would lose all control without him there. And that's exactly what ends up happening. Um, so I'm going to tell you about Cynthia a little bit. She isn't this completely all innocent woman although she has not served any time um what really i know this this case is a shock she's in all not innocent yeah <gasps> according to a friend matt flowers who we will discuss throughout this who plays a key role in the case he says that cynthia would enable paz buying him a 12 pack of beer daily which he would drink, and at the very least, he had 12 to 18 beers a day. Um, she would party with him and stated that Paz told him that he had learned what sex was at the age of six because he would see her having sex out in the open with bikers who would come by the house. So she's a real good influence That's one uh, way to learn there. the birds and the bees. It is, right? According to another source, Cynthia was afraid of her son. She was working two jobs and paying to support him to do absolutely nothing. And she was afraid to leave and afraid to also go home. So, I mean, it, it's kind of like, was she, is she, it would, maybe was she was she afraid of the monster that she created, possibly? But she left him because uh, well, it's yeah, her son. It is, absolutely. Like, that, that love... I get that, you know. I mean, I've got the same thing going on right now with my stepmom and her son. Like, he's a little monster, but, you know, she loves him. So, sometime, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're, it's definitely, it's definitely not going to be compared to this guy, but, I mean, okay. Oh, you know, it's way different. Way Some, different, but. Sometime in the mid-1990s, John began going by the name Paz or Diablo. This is when his name switched. From oh. John Lawson to... So his so name was John. John Lawson 
was Vizuzu's original name. John Larry James is his stepfather. So yes, his original name is John Lawson. And now he's Pazuzu. 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 Pazuzu Algerod. Um, he went by, started going by Paz or Diablo, and he was desperate, is what it seems like, to just escape from his own personal demons of his past by going by John. You know, he was bullied, didn't come from the strongest background, but at the same time, I had to dig to find out truth in his past, and it has been notably remarked about him that he was he lied a lot, stating like he came from um, a satanic mother who he didn't have a father, which isn't true. His father was involved, but only until like two, give or take. So yeah, like his father was there, but you know he he kind of made his own thing up. So it's it's difficult to get all this going. So yeah, he wanted to get away from all of that, and this was his first step in that effort it seemed by changing his name the name pazuzu was selected because of its association with the legendary mesotamian king of demons the demon of the wind and most notably known in pop culture as the demon that possessed reagan in the movie the exorcist hmm. yeah have you seen that movie uh maybe i have a terrible what? memory what? Oh, so i don't know goodness well, i know we're gonna have to watch at some point maybe we watch it for let's watch a movie oh yeah his name was legally changed from John Alexander Lawson to Pazuzu Algerod in 2002. Paz, beca- <clears throat> Paz, Paz, I don't know, became heavily involved with drugs and dropped out of West Forth County High School. Along with his newfound joy of illicit drugs, he also became increasingly obsessed with horror movies and heavy metal music. Now, for anyone who thinks that I'm stating horror movies and heavy metal music are going to make you into a satanic worshipping murderer... Then you're absolutely correct. I mean, yes. You know all about me. Yeah. So, point proven. Okay? Why Guys, do you think I haven't been on the, the episodes The satanic lately? panic is real. <laughs> she tried to bury me alive. She said escaped. you wouldn't tell. You said if I let you go, you wouldn't tell. I didn't pinky swear. You didn't. Damn it. I gotta start making my victims (laughs) pinky swear, just in case. Um, So, during this phase of his life, he wanted to be known as the quote-unquote bad guy, according to a former classmate of his. After dropping out of school, he was unable to find a job with no real options and a lack of continued, you know, his education continuing on and no real positive role models in his life, it seems. He began selling the drugs that he was so addicted to and ultimately becoming heavily addicted like in that lifestyle where he's not just i mean he is like zooted out of his mind 24 7. um i'm trying to get zooted it, it was this according to several people that caused a shift in pazuzu it wasn't just the name apparently like that didn't make them go wait a second something's up they were like, oh, no, it was also the drug use. He just, he shifted. He changed a little bit. I mean, what was really? the first red flag? So, um, one person who would actually buy drugs from him had this to say. There was something about him that just made me feel terrible. His presence made me feel very uneasy. And that's a quote from this person. It's an unnamed source. So, following... Yeah, I wanted to be anonymous, so... I didn't... You didn't? You just shared it. Yeah. Man, anonymity on the internet is hard to find. 
Following along with the darker goth trends of the 90s, Paz's wardrobe consisted heavily of rock band tees, wide leg skater jeans like Jinkos, which, fun fact, I wore a lot of skater jeans. Jinkos. Jinkos, not Jinkos. This is not... What's what? a Jinko? Jinko. You don't know what those are? J-E-N-K-O? Look up uh, Jinko jeans. They have a rhino on them? Right now. Right? They have a what? They have a rhino on a them. A rhino? I don't... Jinko. Wait. No, it's like a, it's like a circular look, like oh, a J. J. It's a big J. J. Oh, what the fuck is this? Are you seeing them? Yes, those are the jeans. He wore both those first two. Yes, right you there. He wore those. He wore those. You wore. Oh, those? I wore those too. Yeah. Yeah. This was the nineties, dude. It was those, and then like if you wore bell, like bell bottoms or something. I wore bell bottoms. That's in flares. that's okay. No, this is not a I would wear those Look with tank tops all day long. J N C O jeans. <laughs> and that is what Harmony Miller and Pazuzu both wore. But makes he, them a lot less scary. So he also covered his jeans in like dangling chains. Cause you know, hmm, gotta bling. He seemed to also really enjoy Cradle of Filth, which... Um, Wait, what is that? It's a band, and I'm about to t- say something that Ugh. I never thought that I would meet out, I would it sounds say out like loud. A... He also... The band that he also liked, this band, I knew, I know a, a song verbatim, like word for word. It's called Nymphetamine by then. But, like, I, I actually love the song a little bit. Hung up on the name, dude. Look them up. Look up. Look, look up. Cradle, Cradle of Filth, filth makes me think of like loaded diaper from Diary of a Wimpy Kid. <laughs> yeah, look up Cradle of Filth. Uh, look up Nymphetamine. That's the song that I know by then. And Cradle I guess now that I'm like admitting filth. that I know it, let's just Ugh. let it all be out. Did you find it? Yeah, it just looks like a mystical version of Kiss. So he found the song that I love this I'm not gonna lie I love this song so much rip their ears boom, 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 boom. <laughs> okay I don't want to get copyright strike okay that was 25 seconds nice we're good Good. Okay, but yeah, so if you guys actually are curious about the song, I'm, I'm sure you're not. But if you are, that song was my jam when I was like 17. So, um, one, w- one thing about him that we can tell is, you know, he's into the dark lifestyle, apparently, according to everyone, you know, a little bit of odd guy, a little bit of an odd dude, a little bit of a guy, a little bit weird, a little bit weird. And uh, Paz also started becoming interested in the occult and Satanism, shock. He began to get satanic-themed tattoos on his body, some of which, at this time, included in massive letters on his arm, Satan. And the number 666 and the Black Dragon, among a few others. It, it does, it's going to grow potentially, poten- yes, exponentially, that's the word I was looking for, worse in time. Sorry if you guys heard some shifting. I was messing, excuse me, with the mic. In, and I'm sorry. So we're going to take a break really fast. We'll be right back. All right, we are back, and let's go ahead and jump into this again. 
So as you can imagine, all right. <laughs> as you can imagine, uh, he was well known for his alternative sense of style and stark contrast to the look compared of his Christian community that he lived in. And one article about him re- referenced his quote unquote hot topic Satan stuff. Um, and like from Hot Topic though? Apparently, maybe it just looked like it. And also, this satanic hot topic stuff was uh, incense burners and statues of demons. So, um, I think the real culprit here is the use of hot topic Satan stuff. So, like a, a normal day in like an antique store or something. Well, what I was thinking is they just were like, you know, them kids and their hot topic and shit, that demonic crap, fucking hot topic, and it's demonic satanic ways. No, not their fucking MCR shirts for forty five dollars. I'm sorry, twenty five or thirty if you buy one. Twenty five if you buy two. I don't know. I don't shop at Hot Topic. Or actually, I, I used to. Black Friday. <laughs> or yeah, that the one day a year where we have to basically murder each other to get something. Speaking of murder, let's get back to pass. So, past weekend, a series of ritual animal sacrifices, often using rabbits or similar small animals of the sort. And he did this monthly on the bank of Yadkin River, which, keep that in mind. He claimed, Yadkin, he claimed that eating the still beating heart of an animal gave him such a rush that was better than any other drug. Yeah, but how many drugs was he on before he ate the heart? No, I mean, that is to be figured out. Apparently, we, we I mean, not apparently. you have to we get the get heart that. somehow. I just, I mean, true. So, you know, he, he's all into this heart thing. He is, yeah, because he, he, conti- oh. he liked it so much, he continued this practice for years. What's I know up? why. So, when you're in danger, you run, your adrenaline gets pumping, right? Yes. So, he killed the scared animal, ate the heart right away, I assume, and it still had adrenaline You in want it. to know what's, what's crazy? I When I was writing this, I actually look at Jake and I'm like, so this guy did this, like ate these hearts and said it was better than any drug. Which reminded me, and we're going to do a whole podcast on this one. If you'd like, maybe I can do it with you. But it's about adrenochrome. The quote unquote drug. That's very real. Um, you can look it up. But there's the whole conspiracy behind it. And as soon as I had read his quote about him stating that, like, he went around telling people this shit. Like, he was very open about what he did. And it took years for anything to really happen. He's involved with a murder that was happened and he got put on fucking probation. Like, this guy got away with a lot of shit. So him stating that made me think of this adrenochrome conspiracy that is going on and where it's basically organs, blood, d- adrenal gland fluid being ingested by a Hollywood elite because of the rush they get and the benefits of it. Right. So, like normal adrenaline junkies like climb cliffs and uh, yeah, you ride know. bikes and shit. Exa- or work out. But why also to do healthy stuff? No. We, we, this is America. We want a quick fix, bitch. That's right. I want to have a gut and feel like I ran eight miles. Exactly. And then wake up people. after you take a nap and go, Woo, there's those abs I've never seen a day in my life. The skinniest I ever was was when I was a sperm. <laughs> that goal weight is unobtainable. There are so many things I can say right now. <laughs> but I don't want to hurt your feelings. 
Let's continue. <laughs> what, have you had turrets bigger than me? Absolutely. <laughs> I knew that was something like Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, um, you know, uh, I do want to state that it gets worse from here. It gets worse from just animalistics. I mean, obviously we know murder happens. We wouldn't be talking about him if it wasn't some sort of, like, darkness. You're but right. We wouldn't. <laughs> but. You already tried once. The thing is, is it, it, it gets, I, I know I put a graphic warning. It's going to get a lot worse. We are going to talk um, a little bit. There's there's rape mentioned. There's uh, there's a lot. Let's just. Paz and his friends would have mutual bloodletting sessions in graveyards because they were attempting to follow black magic rituals written by one of Paz's idols known as Alistair Crawley, which I want to do a podcast on that guy. There's also... The, this guy is... That name sounds familiar. He's a very... Well, first of all, Crowley is also from Supernatural. But Alistair Crowley... But Alistair, the name, mm-hmm. is from 39 They're... Clues, the book. Okay. Yeah. You're not wrong. So he decided, ultimately, though, that Satanism as written by Anton LaVey in the Satanic Bible, was not quote-unquote hardcore enough for him and uh, his belief system. He then evolved into theistic Satanism. He evolved? He did. He evolved like a Pokemon. Wow. Mm-hmm. Can I evolve? I don't... Or am I just like... Was that a gunshot? Diglett. I don't know. You're Diglett. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so um, a side note for those of you that are curious about Satanism and theistic, theistic, I want to explain what they are. Um, Satanism, is, as presented by LaVey, is not a belief or following in the actual theological being of Satan. It is an, an atheistic religion defined by a core ethic of do as thou wilt, which is free will being the key tenet. Satanists, as part of the modern Church of Satan, are largely pacifist and no ritual practices are in their belief system. By contrast, theistic Satanism is a belief in the theological being of the Christian Satan, the angel named Lucifer, cast out of heaven for the desire of free will and power. This section of Satanists, also called Luciferians, are categorized by fetishistic... Sorry words fetishistic rituals often involving blood and violence and are closely associated with what is known as the left-hand path of magic and black magic so we're getting into not just like okay um he this guy is like he says he he practices magic and that is why he's he's got to do these sacrifices because Lucifer gives him powers because he he's a demon in his eyes. He believed he really believed he was a demon. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Absolutely. So somebody calls Sam and Dean Winchester. So now that I think we can all kind of agree that while his interest in the occult and views on religion, though very interesting um, aspect of this case, in a major part in his actual personality 
it does not excuse in a way his actions that have and will happen and I do think it's clear more so that he's just a really troubled guy you know he we went through some stuff yeah and a lot um he's haunted by this and he then becomes addicted to drugs like he left school because he was bullied he went through a lot he made up stories to deal with the fact that I think his parents got separated and he moved and then his mother got remarried. So he made up a life and he just went to this old way, not old way, this this odd way. I don't know why I said old. And then, you know, he turned to drugs. He did come from poverty. Well, so, it, it is very normal for someone who went through a traumatic experience to find coping mechanisms and whatnot. Yeah, and he was so. actually diagnosed with mental illness because of a lot of his uh, trauma and... I believe that it's it was all exasperated by the alcohol and drugs. You know, if he's dealing with this kind of stuff that he had in his past, like we don't know how people. I am not, by the way, giving him any kind of excuse because you and I have both been through a lot of shit, very different, but to degrees that have both made you and I. When I say break to a point of murder, we would kill ourselves. We both thought about that. It's still murder. It's just of oneself. No. autobiographical murder technically still murder. which is yeah it's just suicide which is still a form you're still killing a human so we've been to where you know he is feeling just then you know he dove into drugs he also got into a pretty shitty crowd of people and just got deeper into some way of him making a belief for i guess the fucked shit in the world well so and then he wanted to reign by the way he wanted he figured that fear runs people i need to be the leader of that fear right he he um <clears throat> he he took the opposite direction uh that we would have uh and i've i'm from the research from the very little research i've done i've been told that you know whenever you kill somebody you you get this cold feeling inside. Oh wow! Like yeah, I could imagine there. I but I've all I yeah, you're right because I've seen a lot of the same cold feeling you'd feel if you were tried to kill yourself. You'd, yeah, you'd start to feel chilled and cold mm-hmm. because you're dying, and you get the same feeling when you kill another human being, and to feel that multiple times rather than once. Yeah, is what does it for them. So. Now, you know, we know that we definitely all, I think we can agree, alcohol, drugs definitely pushed his mental health farther. So, because early on in his life, he was diagnosed with having mental health illness. This wasn't like something that was just a shock and awe and found out after the fact. He was diagnosed with depression and schizophrenia early, which he was put on medication for. And he went through treatment, but eventually Cynthia could no longer help pay for the treatment that he needed, and it had to stop. You know, like, the the shitty thing is, we live in America, they're from America, and any mental health issues, like, you know, I'm struggling with stuff, you're struggling with stuff, it is not easy to get help, but yet... Suicide is a crime, but you have to pay for treatment if you're even thinking about it. Unless you want to be involuntarily locked up because you could not afford to get the treatment that would not have led you to become there. It's a fucking catch-22 in this goddamn country. I I mean, I graduated on the catch-22, so... (laughs) God. 
So, um, Cynthia also, um, I do want to state, she was very well aware of him practicing self-harm, you know, having these mutilation parties in graveyards and at the Knob Hill house, and of the animalistic sacrifices. Like, she was well aware, and some sources claim that she actually even provided the animals. Wow. We'll we'll get that. Interesting. So, in a Facebook post from Bianca Lee Heath, she wrote, Paz was raised by his mother. She was supported. She has supported everything he has done and buys him rabbits to sacrifice every full moon. He only showers once a month, and that's the day of the full moon, before he sacrifices the rabbit. By the way, wouldn't that be every two weeks, a fortnight? Hmm. Yeah. Um, then he drinks the blood of the rabbit as he worships his evil gods. He likes to drink blood when he can, and mom would find blood for him to drink. I'm unsure who she gets the blood, how she gets the blood, or what kind of blood it is. I think mom is as guilty as him because she allowed his behavior as love, as... She's always, or I'm sorry, as he has lived with her. She wasn't even now, just an, an enabler. She was a supplier. Yeah. Now, Bianca posted this because she lived in the house located on Knob Hill with several others for about a month in 2005. And apparently, they did call her mom. They called Cynthia mom. Wow. Which, I know, mean, I've like, done that I, with my friends. Yeah, I get that. But stuff. at the same time, I just, as I was reading this, it like threw me off a bit. And I had to look in, and that's just kind of what, like, she was known as. So that also makes me think that she knew a lot more. You know, she had to know this stuff was going on, and just, which we'll talk about, she did. But I just find it, there's the police, fucking task force, sheriffs, whatever, in this whole thing sucked balls. Hmm. I'm going to say it. Okay. Uh, can't so, assume someone's um, sexual that's preferences. That's not what I meant. Uh, okay, they dropped the book. Is that better? I mean, what book? Oh, God. <laughs> now, Paz himself claimed to be a psych... I'm sorry, claimed to his psychiatrist during a mandatory evaluation that he only bathed once yearly and hadn't brushed his teeth in over 10 years as these activities stripped his body of natural defenses. So he smelled really good. Absolutely. That's the cologne I put on every day. It's called um, Pazuzu Special. Nice. 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 Uh, So it's called P.S.? Yeah. Nice. Also interesting anecdote, including his religious interest that coincides with his deeper interest in the occult and theistic Satanism, just after 9-11, Paz began to falsely claim that he was of Iraqi descent. He changed his clothing style and added parts to his Facebook page representing Islamic extremist ideals and openly claimed to be practicing the Islamic faith. As far as it's recorded, he never actually attended any religious gatherings or was a part of the Muslim community anywhere, online or offline, except in his personal social media claims. So, people actually believe he did this to, and I hate to say it, but we as a society, we are shit. And after 9-11, there was immediate just everyone being like, well, if you have anything to do, like if you're a Muslim or anything. You're evil. You're evil. And that's what he was thriving off he of. Wants he to wanted be evil. that fear. And 
he got it. He absolutely got it. Um, the only lasting practice that was consistently reported were his ritualistic sacrifices. Even his considered use of magic decreased with his increasing drug use and instability over time, though he never stopped claiming that he was using magic. By the mid-2000s, Paz had heavily modified his body, covering his body and face in tattoos now, along with several piercings, which now at this point he's just describing me. You know, I have tattoos on my face. And I have several piercings. Whoa, 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 whoa. You don't have tattoos on your face. That's not your face. What is this? No, 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 no. This cheekbones forward is your face. Oh. That's oh, over I get your ear. face off. I gotta think John Travolta face, face off. Off. Yes. Okay. So yeah, it's yeah, this isn't my face. This is near my well, ear. Well for you it's mask off. But <laughs> anyways. So um yeah, he had all of that and he also had a split tongue and he took a dremel tool to his teeth and carved them into points hence the suicide by bite into forearm my friend william has a split tongue so same thing right i guess same person almost D <laughs> during this time he also became inspired by alistair crawley and charles manson the famed cult leader who had a loyal following of women willing to kill for him, which led Paz into beginning to invite others, especially younger females, to live with him in his home. Women who he would lovingly refer to as his fiancés. Ooh, was he Mormon? He definitely followed polygamy, but that doesn't... No, no he was... No, it's a Satanist, obviously. It's you just... Okay. Well, he's the theistic fool... So he was just polyamorous. He was just polyamorous. He 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 just wanted to almost even in a legal sense, like. I mean, he didn't. They were all, but they were <laughs> he all did his claim, fiances. and that's what we we're about to talk about. He did claim to be married to someone. I do have to cough, guys. It's not COVID. Oh, <laughs> COVID. Sorry, I didn't want that in their ears. I love how you like held that back. I did. Like, because we live in a COVID society. If I cough right now, God forbid, I have a tickle in my throat. People uh, are gonna be like, "Oh uh, shit." Oh, Actually, God. no, maybe I should start coughing so people will just leave me alone. <coughs> I think you just gave it to me. Oh, fuck <laughs> off. So, uh, one of these fiancés, and like I said, he wasn't, like, married, married, but one of these, or obviously, uh, was Amber Birch. Her nickname was Bubbles. And for those of you on TikTok, <laughs> that's Trap Bunny Bubbles. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, oh really? No, it's not. It's not. I just, when I read I didn't think so. Bubbles, all I thought was Trap Bunny Bubbles. How are you going to... Sorry. Yeah. Uh -huh. So, uh, she was born on January 2nd, 1990 in Rock Hill, South Carolina. Growing up in a Christian household, Amber never really got into trouble. She graduated in 2008 from Rock Hill High, and she actually played bass in the string orchestra. Um, her and her family were really into horses. She'd even bring friends along to the stables to go riding. However... Sometime later, Amber relocated to Winston-Salem and began distancing herself from her friends and her family. When she met Paz and their relationship started to progress, it did so very quickly. She also engaged in his rituals, which is kind of a shock with her being brought up. Like, she went to Bible study. And she also participated in orgies, these mass orgies that he would hold at the house. 
And she moved in with him and continued to live there for the next five years. So, so, so an orgy is just like a bunch of people fucking each other. Yes. Right. I've never been to an orgy. So. I haven't either. I have watched a lot of movies where they're, like, I, that came out wrong. Like I know what a circle really jerk is. Wrong. Is a circle jerk an orgy? I know what the stranger is. It's when you sit on your hand and then you masturbate. So it feels like somebody else. Thank you from, uh, Jay of Jay and Seven Bob. Jason Mewes. He taught me that in a, a movie once. I'm going to show Jay up. and Seven Bob. Jay and Silent Bob. I'm sorry. Do you not know who I'm talking about right now? Nope. Oh, no. You Gen Z boy. I got something to teach you. Us millennials have some comedy for you. I'll just watch the video. Thanks. Uh... <laughs> Jesus said like a true Gen Z. Okay. Um. So she was pulling back. She's with him. She lived there for five years and the nature of Birch and Paz's relationship is a bit unclear, but those close to her claim that it was very abusive and that Birch's friend who knew her from Bible study, where they were in together, said that when Birch began dating him, she fell into this lifestyle that he had and fell into him as a person, like lost her own identity and just kind of became like a chameleon girlfriend. A chameleon Okay, girlfriend. you know... Have you, you remember popular, you remember your first love? Do you remember your first love? The love that like you swore to you, like you knew in your mind that was them, but you also would have done anything and that meant like changing you in a sense if you had to. That's your learned love. That puppy love is kind of like a learning in the beginning. She, that was hers and she kind of fell into him and just was like, I'm going to be whatever you want me to be because I just want you to love me. Yeah, my first love was like, I don't know, eight or nine months ago? No. <laughs> no. Your first love was a few years ago. Was it? Your yeah, well, that was like a learning love? love. That was a learning love for you. Hmm. We've talked about her before on here. And well, yeah. I don't know if they're... Yeah, they are. Okay, now, moving along from love. Yeah. Um, Back they... to death and carnage. So, Amber... <laughs> is basically a normal girl from Rock Hill, you know, and then she just did this 180 when she moved in with him. Her friend said that she got homemade tattoos, shaved off her eyebrows, and even sharpened her teeth with a fingernail file because, you know, he was like, fuck you, you can't use my Dremel. Well, I mean, that's not... It's not It's not hygienic, which apparently, you know, he draws the line at oral hygiene. So he's like, no, well, can't use well, wait, my wait, Dremel. Wait. No, no, no. He draws the line at... At not even oral hygiene because he hasn't brushed his teeth. Well, I mean, like, like he just can't. He doesn't want your uncleanliness. I don't he might, swap he might knock spit his unless down. it's in the orgy. Exactly. <laughs> Fucking for real. Oh jeez. Oh gosh. Okay. Um. So so then she she started following his like demonic worshiping lifestyle and it's claimed. Okay. So I read different sources. It's what are you doing to that? Are you playing with a tag? Do you still have the tag on this? It's illegal to take them off. Not this one. I'm pretty sure this is like a store-bought tag. Feel Wait, it. Wait, what tag Feel are you talking it. about? Oh, that's the price it's, tag. Yeah. Oh. What the hell? Why do you have a price I'm tag? I'm going to take it back. She, no, 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 no. I'm going to take it Guys, back. Guys, she has a pillowcase over a pillow with the price tag still on it. 
What the <laughs> fuck? Are you sure? Are you sure your name isn't Pazuzu? Okay. <laughs> like what the fuck? So, I got um. So it's it was reported that she wasn't taking drugs by some sources, and then other sources actually claim that she she was. So that's where we're well, at. All right. So it's it's kind of hard if she lived with him. It's kind of hard to live a lifestyle outside of the one you have at home. That's very true. So like if if you live with three other people. And they all do drugs, and you don't do drugs, after about two, three months, either you're going to move out, or you're going to be doing drugs. Yep, probably. You're not wrong. For, so, for most, 99% of people. I'm sure somebody's going to email you, well, he's wrong, because I am the exception. And there's always an exception to a rule. And if you are that exception, fantastic. I don't have any gold stars left. Let's move forward. So during her trial, it was alleged that Paz had repeatedly abused her physically and mentally. And there were reportedly domestic violence instances where the cops were called. And at one point, the abuse got so bad that she briefly went back to her hometown of Rock Hill in 2013 with the intention of actually leaving him for good. She, however, ended up returning and... As I can say, as someone who was in an abusive relationship, you leave and you come back if it's just to get your things or whatever. And sometimes, you know, you don't, you don't get your things, but there are things sometimes you have to, you know, and she reconciled. She was just so like, So for right. a while there, she just couldn't handle the Pazuzu style. No, she couldn't. She couldn't. <laughs> you know what I have to say, and I'm sorry, we're gonna about to go NCFW in a sexual way for a minute. How the fuck could she ever give this man a blowjob if he never bathed? Can you imagine what that from Linda Dick smelled like? Yeah, extra flavor. <laughs> Is that blue cheese? Did you have wings today? Oh shit! I guess I should probably shave. Is that finally. aged parmesan? Oh, oh! I love wet noodle spaghetti. So gross. Okay. So, um, Bursch's, uh, friend claims that she had actually gotten pregnant with his, like, with, uh, Paz's claims? child. She said that, you know, according Wait. to Amber, she was pregnant, but the stress of the relationship and of everything going on in her life caused the pregnancy to end so in a So she may not have been pregnant at all. Again, I'm not, I'm not going to just counter but i'm also not gonna say it's a possibility so my my original thought process was she claims it was his now my new thought process is she claims she was pregnant period yes she claims she was pregnant but due to the stress of everything in her life she had a miscarriage that's understandable i know a few people so it is i've suffered through that it's very painful another fiance of paz who lived in the house joining in on this polygamy lifestyle was crystal matlock close in age to amber and shared in the same sort of upbringing on christian morals and had no prior interactions with the law or drugs paz began to be well known for sharing stories of him um, committing murder and it, it included claims that he murdered two prostitutes um, and then he ate their bodies before burning the rest of their flesh. You know, I, 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 I have a similar 
instance, I, I have an ongoing relationship with a crystal that burns. Uh, I usually put it in chicken and rice. Like crystal hot sauce. Wow. Oh, God. I went <laughs> over my head. I'm seeing, I'm like, is he about to tell me that he smokes crystal meth? Because I'm going to get you help right now. Because you don't even look like Wait, you do. You know dealers? No, no, I meant, no, what, no. <laughs> okay, so many of his claims were blown off, including the disturbing claim that he had the remains of another body in his basement covered in cat litter and bleach in order to mask the scent. But at least he used cat litter. Apparently. Though it is actually believed the reason this claim may have been made is due to a very real scent in the house, which was due to non-death-related activities going on. Paz may not have gotten the attention of the law with these rumors, but he still had plenty of run-ins with the police. According to Matt Flowers as well, um, Paz raped a soldier, which inevitably caused him to actually attack Paz, even stomping his face with a boot. With Cynthia watching, who's, again, his mother, she ended up intervening in order to save her son, as Matt had set out with the intention to kill Paz uh, for what he had done to this soldier. Because he was actually an Iraqi veteran, which I haven't gotten to yet, but yeah. Well, you just got to it, so. I got to it. But he realized that in, in the moment of him attacking Paz that he wasn't a killer, and he even stated, like, quoted, I'm not a killer, and not many people, like, not many people are. You know, and he realized, yeah, he set out, he wanted to kill him. But when he had the chance to do it, he was like, I, I can't. He choked. Yeah. No. He literally was just like, I can't kill, which I understand. Like, that's not something that everyone should just, you know. Okay. Lucy so, Goosey. I'm not saying sorry. Lucy No, I'm not saying Lucy Goosey because, like, Paz is a shit human and raped someone, and I get, I understand that rage. You, he saw red, but once he got through, he got some of that. He was like, I can actually be responsible for taking his life. Doesn't mean the bastard doesn't deserve to die. He just can't be done by my hands. So, so the term he choked is seen as a bad thing because yes. people want you to do that thing. No. When you choke, no, I'm not saying they wanted the it same, to be done. No, uh, no, but like, at, at the same, when you say you choked, it's this, it's the same. What you intended you to say, do did not happen. Correct. It's the same thing. Gotcha. It's just used in a terrible way nowadays. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, according to Matt, you know Cynthia was watching and she intervened to stop him, but you know, he realized he wasn't a killer and. He stated that not many people are, and, like, I beg to differ that because I have a podcast based almost solely around killers. Everyone being a killer. Exactly, or at least shit. Or, you know, they're dead because they're ghosts, and I have to talk about paranormal, so, I mean... I mean, I'm dead, so... I'm dead inside. Yeah. <laughs> Matt also stated that even after this fight, Paz continued to call him brother, and also stated to him that he would rape any woman that he brought over to the house. Wait, so Paz said he... He would continue to rape women. And if Matt brought anyone there, or any woman also that Paz would bring, she was going to be raped. Wow. He strongly believed that what... He believed what he wanted. Like, remember how he said that 
early on in his life, if he wanted something, he went for it. Like, he was very determined. Mm -hmm. He didn't, he, like, kind of lost the line of, yes, go for what you want. But there's a line. Of good and bad, yeah. He knows he's doing it because he thrived off of it, being this bad guy. Um, So, we know he does not give a fuck. And he's much like the honey badger, just does not, does not fucking care. In 2008, Paz was convicted of larceny, a crime of which he was placed on probation for for the next few years, which you're going to learn it didn't fucking matter. This becomes important, and um, usually those placed on probation are, they face, like, scrutiny in their daily life. You know, they're monitored, their law enforcement knows what the fuck you're doing. Not in this fucking case. Um... This wasn't his first run-in with the police, but it was his first major offense. And obviously, this is all he got. Yeah, yet there are people sitting in prison right now because of their first offense with marijuana. Yeah. (laughs) I was about to say, there's people sitting in prison because of pieces of marijuana on the floor. And yet this guy commits larceny and worse and just gets a... Okay, goodbye, repeat offender. Have a good day. Not even a Catholic. Not even a Catholic school slap on the wrist, like a, like a a Karen who usually tells her kid, "No, don't do that." And then she like pops her iPod away. So the house on Knob Hill was shared by Cynthia Paz and a series of other roommates and friends who stayed informally for various amounts of time, as Paz had a open door policy. The walls inside the home were covered in spray paint and what appeared to be blood as well. Also written on the walls was everything from horror movie quotes to musical lyrics to seemingly satanic occult symbols. So, that was a nice little place. You saw the walls and the floors. Well, you couldn't see the floors, but you saw the house. Not only were the walls covered in the devil's writing, but the house itself was a complete mess. General Drunk what junk was strewn disorganized throughout the home multiple animals lived in the home as well and were poorly cared for and would just defecate all over the floors surprise (laughs) what the fuck sorry about that um i uh, something literally just like ripped itself out of my wall in the bathroom which is fucking creepy yeah it was the uh metal shampoo holder falling into the bathtub yep um, as we were talking about this. As I said, surprise. It's fucking weird. It so let's continue. Awesome. Um, that door is now closed. But the dogs were not the only ones that were, like, shitting on the floors. Paz also was known to relieve himself both through urination and defecation inside the house, on the floors, in the corners of the room, and often in front of others, and encouraged the others to do the same. So you know how you just peed in the bathroom? You could have just fucking... Right there. Well, why didn't you let me know? I wouldn't have had to go into the scary bathroom. <laughs> Sorry, what the hell? At least you know for future. So the house smelled absolutely horrible, which is another reason that you know people didn't think anything. The the scent of death and waste was completely normal smell from the home, even making its way all the way to the neighbors, which may be one of the reasons the crimes that were committed in the home were hidden for so long and so difficult to discover. In July of 2009, Paz shot and killed his first and only confirmed human victim, Joshua Wetzler, who was 32. Oh, jeez. The motive 
of the situation that caused his murder is still very much unknown. Paz's devoted fiancés, Amber and Crystal, helped Paz bury Joshua's body in the backyard of the home. And apparently Cynthia knew of this occurring as it was going on. Also, in July 2009, a girl named Tarina Billing told police... So, people are going to the cops, by the way, with tips. And they're just sticking their fingers in their asses, hanging out like, fuck you, I don't want to. So, this Tarina calls and says that her father, Alan Billing, had also confessed to having helped bury the body of Joshua Wetzler in... Paz's backyard but when cops went to Billings house he refused to talk and they were just like all right whatever it's just a rumor I don't fucking care it's a tip from your daughter but whatever you say I don't want to talk that's fine and then they go next door to Pazuzu's house because or like whatever their neighbors close to whatever um I'm not actually sure one said it was neighbors and then another said that like Alan actually met Crystal at a bar went home with her and all of a sudden Pazuzu was like you gotta help me with the body so, I don't actually know which one it was. Huh. I don't know if it's if, if they were a neighbor or it's just someone that... Or, or they could be a neighbor that met as well. Both. Yes. Um, but they went next door, asked Pazuzu, they knocked, and they were like, Hey, uh, so we're just being told by, like, a few people. And they're saying that you said this, plus someone may or may not have helped you. But there's a body somewhere here. And he said no. And they took that. And they were like, oh, okay, cool. Yes, because obviously, you know, if you kill somebody or you hide a body, you're going to admit it when the police ask you. We all know that role. We know that. We know that. Several months later, in October of 2009, Amber shot and killed Tom, Tommy Welch. He was 31. And again, there's no motive. Was that the brother? No, that was Wessler. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, that's the trio had also buried, buried this body in the backyard at the time of his death, but would not be discovered for over five years. Wow. So, to be clear, this is not because they were, like, some geniuses, criminal masterminds. The conditions in the home and state of poverty in the community that they lived in was simply abhorrent enough for it to not draw, I guess, the necessary attention by the law enforcement, even with the fucking tips. So it went unnoticed for a very long time. And with murder rumors circling around the town and him being known as a drug dealer that got away with murder, he was enjoying the attention that this drew and continued to brag about this along with, like, more murders. Just well, telling people yeah, that he he's, like, attention. he really did. Um, on February 9th, 2010, a woman by the name of Stacy Carter called the sheriff's office to inform them that she had been told that a body of her boyfriend and father of her child, Josh Wetzler, was buried, why do I keep saying buried, buried on the property. Finally, this tip prompted a bit of a response. Still not, like, good, but they, they decided to at least remove the thumbs from their asses. And they went out in 2010 to do a search for the property. The search was very poorly executed, causing them to miss very clear and open graves in the backyard. An image from 2014, four years after this initial search, 
actually shows that the graves are still clearly evident. Do you remember the picture I showed you or like those graves? Yes. That's that. And this is four years later. When they originally went, the graves were like basically open. So in addition to human remains being found in the yard in 2014, numerous animal bones were discovered, which backed this his claims of virtual sacrifice this is the proof between 2010 and 2014 police in forsyth county would receive multiple direct tips stating that there were bodies buried in this backyard in the knob hill home tips are received from people who stayed in the home including friends of both amber and paz separately and even paz's own mother cynthia called the police in november of 2011 despite Growing numbers of consistent reports, law enforcement made the incredibly responsible decision to simply ignore these tips and the existence altogether of the Knob Hill home almost entirely. So we know that they are doing an A++ job. Absolutely. Rewind back a little bit to 2010. Paz narrowly escaped the discovery of a victim in the initial 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 search by police however he found himself in a different kind of trouble over the winter one of the roommates who was staying in the house for a short period named nicholas pascal rizzo or raza was on the run from charges of involuntary manslaughter the body of his victim joseph emrick chandler was found on the bank of the yadkin river near where paz had often remember yep had often practice his rituals nicholas had shot joseph resulting in his death and nicholas took sanctuary with the local well-known murderer obviously that's where one goes duh paz and his home of horrors during an active investigation paz proceeded to lie to police and misdirect them in an attempt to protect his good friend you know he committed this act while on probation and under sufficient, quote-unquote, scrutiny from the Forsyth police, or as much as they decided they wanted to muster up, to warrant further investigation resulting in arrest of both Paz and Nicholas. Nicholas was found and convicted of involuntary manslaughter and sentenced to one year and one month in prison. How involuntary? <laughs> he shot him. No, his friend shot him. He helped lie and misdirect it all but he knew about it wait which one <coughs> paz got paz got probation no his friend nicholas razia raza razi he's the one who uh he received involuntary and sentenced to one year yeah and then sorry uh paz was subsequently i'm sorry i got ahead of myself yes he only got one year and one month which is for involuntary no no no. this was the guy that shot him as you asked now paz's was he was charged with accessory accessory after the fact and sentenced to serve a a more probation to what he already had right because of his larceny so instead of going to prison exactly because he violated fucking probation yeah no he he just got got more more probation probation. added you know what that's another five minutes in timeout exactly you know, just, despite his like growing poor reputation and all that. So, Mac. 
the, the conditions of the home continued to grow worse, and Paz continued to live it up, proclaiming that his behavior at the time to include cutting himself and his buddies, drinking blood of birds, doing copious drugs, and performing ritual sacrifices, staging nude orgies, and letting people do whatever the fuck they wanted in this house. Matt, I saw an article that Matt Flowers did this whole interview, and he even states that the house that became what you saw, disgusting, didn't always look like that. He knew him for the better part of eight years. And originally the house, yeah, it was messy, but it didn't look like uh, someone just threw their feces and blood everywhere and then just decided to trash it. Like this house looked like it was abandoned and people lived there. It was disgusting. So it happened over time and he fucking welcomed it. Paz was like, do it. Do as you must. I don't know. In a statement by Amber, she claimed that he shot up coke and heroin and drank at least 18 beers a day minimum. Paz was required to undergo a mandatory psychological evaluation following the involuntary manslaughter case in which he was further diagnosed as an agoraphobic, an alcoholic, and an also renewed diagnosis of schizophrenia. The doctors also made a point to note his hygiene practices and the smell that he gave off. So apparently he was so pungent it was noted in their notes. During his evaluation, he was open with psychiatrists about his Sumerian religion that involved monthly sacrifices and even asked if he could leave their custody in order to take part in his black moon ritual. What you think of that? Do you guys think uh, you could let me... So I can uh, perform my ritual about killing things. Why not? It's just a normal Tuesday. Even despite his presentation, Paz was simply prescribed medication and declared capable of assisting in his own defense in a court of law. His hygiene... Yeah, because they didn't want to be around him any longer. They couldn't stand the smell. His hygiene, religion, relationships, and living conditions were not deemed severe enough to warrant intervention by social services. Says who? Right? Which is really funny because years later, when they go into the home, it's deemed inhabitable. But whatever. Generally, inhabitable. Thank you. Um, generally, this means that he... Thank you. I didn't realize I... I'm sorry. Okay. Again, English to me. Generally, this means he was not afflicted enough by any of his existing illnesses, it, illnesses or situations to impair his uh, knowledge of right and wrong. He understood that... What he was happening in the court and understood the importance of the situation, at least from like the legal standpoint, which is why he could do all his shit. Apparently, his history and his admittance of ritual sacrifice and drug use and his known association with now convicted murderer was not enough to warrant any deeper look into his situation, which was also reported by multiple bystanders about the bodies in the yard by any government or private property party. They just didn't care. The bodies in the yard were um, a result of all the milkshakes. In 2011, both Paz and Amber were accused of assault on Cynthia. Paz was convicted of misdemeanor assault for putting her in a chokehold. And it's not known what caused it. And then Amber was accused of slapping and attempting to further beat Cynthia. However... She was not charged or convicted of the action or whether this assault was separate from the assault that Paz 
got in trouble for on his mother is unknown. Well, I know why the mother didn't press charges either time. Why? Well, because she loved her son. And if the person that also beat her, you know, her son loved, then she's going to not press charges because it made her son happy. Cynthia actually states that she declined to pursue prosecution for further assault, stating that she was fearful of her son's behavior and religious practices at the time of these incidents. Cynthia and her husband were reported as the owners of the house and apparently still resided amongst the chaos alongside Paz and his fiancés, and during which her report of this conflict, Cynthia openly claimed that there were bodies in her own backyard. So she was afraid of him. Her claims on the matter of the bodies were never formally acknowledged, though, or followed up in any way. So I don't know if it was so much that she, like, loved her son. I'm not saying she didn't, but I'm saying that she was terrified. Mm. Not, but she also was... I don't know if it was, like, Stockholm Syndrome, her being involved. I don't know. Uh, rumors continued to swirl around town, circulating by Paz and the fiancés themselves about ritualistic cannibalism and many such rumors claimed a continued practice of murdering prostitutes and vagrants and then dining on their flesh apparently the feast wasn't limited to just the the three of them this inner circle as multiple reports of ritual murder continued to appear both online and offline one person person who was known to hang out at the house appeared online as nate nefarious nate apparently indulged in the same of the reported culinary adventures in the house reporting to his facebook a page milestone event known as he ate human flesh on april 13 2014 nate went on to comment on a different forum about his time in the knob hill house under his alias um i don't I'm not really gonna read that i will Put that on the Instagram, his comment, but I basically shared the fact that he ate and he shares, uh, he shares about the, it was like a, a chaotic, chaotic kind of liberating vibe, which, yeah. So during this time, apparently Paz also made these, this like liberal use of social media, including banners on his Facebook page proclaiming Antichrist and excerpts about his ritual practices. Finally, in 2014, the sheriff's office received a tip and they decided to take another peek at the Knob Hill house. Matt Flowers, a now Iraqi war veteran, reported the location of two bodies in the yard of his well-known informal grave or of the Assumably where they left the shovel. Exactly. On October 5th, 2014, the skeletal remains of two bodies were found in the backyard of the Knob Hill home. Specialists were called in from North Carolina State Forensic Anthropology Unit, as well as agents in the North Carolina State Bureau of Investigation for assistance in preserving what was left of the bodies and to aid in the investigation. The bodies were transported to nearby Wake Forest Baptist Medical Center for positive identification by the medical examiner's office. Five years after the date, two of the murders, the bodies of Tommy Welch and Joshua, were officially found. According to reports, the bodies were recovered from their original graves with no indication of any disturbances after the point that they were buried, meaning that the bodies were surely in the graves at the same time that the police were standing right in that very fucking backyard in 2010. Wow. Yeah, just mere 
maybe months. Pazuzu Algarod was arrested and charged with the murder of Joshua Wessler, and for accessory after the fact to the murder of Tommy Welch. Amber was charged with the murder of Toby Welch and, and accessory, accessory, God fucking words, after the fact in the burial of Joshua Wetzler. Both Paz and Amber were held at the Forsyth County Jail with no bond allowed. During the trial, she claimed that she suffered, suffered from Stockholm Syndrome and had no choice but to take part in the murders. She also made claims about being addicted to drugs. Remember I said that it would say that she wasn't? But she claimed, yes, I was addicted to drugs with little knowledge of what was right and wrong. She did not plead with an insanity defense, however. She was convicted, and she is now serving a minimum sentence of 30 years. Crystal Matlock, the other fiancé involved, was arrested for two counts of accessory after the fact and is serving a minimum sentence of three years for her part in the burial of the bodies. That's why I was about to ask you about <laughs> Crystal. I was like, wait, where is she? Yeah. She helped. She didn't have a lot. I couldn't find a whole lot actually on her either. It's just like she's mentioned in there because she didn't like... It seems to me that she wasn't like the main fiancé. Like, there are pictures all over of him and uh, Amber. Amber. And they also had put on their Facebook that they had been married since November 1st of, like, Oh, so that's what claimed to but have married. But they weren't legally married. That was well, just, like, their wait, claim. were they together seven years or more? They were together for five. Oh, well, okay then. Paz was held awaiting trial for the year from October 2014 until 2015. During this time, he received treatment for his mental illnesses and was placed in a secure custody according to the records. The night before the beginning of his trial, he committed suicide by biting open his forearm and bleeding out on the floor in his private prison cell. No drugs or alcohol were found in his system and he began, I'm sorry, and he again had been previously deemed capable of assisting his own defense. Now, a fun fact I want to throw in real fast is that Matt Flowers had stated that Paz told him himself that if he ever got in trouble and was arrested and stood to face trial, he would kill himself. Hmm. So even with him getting this medical help for his mental illness, he still knew what he was doing. Like, yes, he was definitely mentally ill, but he also still had a very real grasp. Almost on an agenda. Yes. Um, his autopsy report detailed scars of prior self-inflicted injuries indicating his mental health treatment was likely nowhere near adequate, nor was his scrutiny in custcustody, yeah, nor watch him on probation. You can only get help and treatment um, comfortably the if still, you look for it. The thing is, is he should have been Baker acted, where at that point... It doesn't matter if you can or cannot pay. At that point, it is deemed medically necessary because you are now a danger to yours or somebody else's life. Which means, I hate to say it like this, but the state has to pay for it, which that's all of us paying for it. But at least that could have saved the second life, possibly. Yeah. Or the first one, if he would have, if, if by, he was young and being told that he had these issues and because he couldn't, his family couldn't pay for it because they lived in poverty. His 
warped sense of mind kept going. And I can state from someone who has mental health issues, you don't know sometimes how wrong your view is because it's the only view that you've ever known. So I have a very real question. What? Did his mom own the house he lived in? Yes. Okay, so he didn't, he didn't like have a job. No. He didn't go buy any kind of sustenance or anything. No, he made money from dealing drugs. But how did he get the drugs in the first place? Mommy? I don't know. He it was like the middleman. Got in. I mean, he was like the alleged murderer. No one wanted to like cross him. Gotcha. Okay. I was just wondering. Yeah. So, um, also I want to let you guys know, there is a documentary out there all based on Pazuzu Algerod, and it is called The Devil You Know. And um, it is it was released to Viceland on October 27th, 2019. By the way, they are not a sponsor, just letting that be known. Um, while the series covers the case of Pazuzu, it is more centered on the damning situation and behavior of law enforcement and the mental health system because they have a huge factor. Pazuzu absolutely... He is responsible for what he did, but it started back way back when he was diagnosed with this. And America, their mental health system of, hey, look, we know mental health is important. We know that you need to be in a good place to live because it's illegal to kill or kill yourself. Remember that. But if you need treatment, which most people do, and you can't afford it, well, fuck you. Have a good day. Go to McDonald's, you fat fuck. Like, that's how it is. I mean, I got told that yesterday. I mean, same. for free, so. I, can, I don't actually like McDonald's, but, like, if it was, like, Chick-fil-A, I will settle for, no, not Burger King. No, I will, no, no, no. I'll t- Wendy's. I'll, I was going to say Wendy's. I was really yeah, once. Yeah, I really yeah, was. Wendy's. So, um, you know... She she really did. Is it is it a she? I actually only got Patricia. Yeah, I was like I I only thought I put her last name. Um, the focus on was like the the Satan worshiping on the headlines of that and that it it like the fact that he was a Satanist kind of outweighed the mishandling, like the gross mishandling of the case. So right because yeah. he already acted weird anyways. Yes. All right, guys, so that has been today's case. Again, thank you to Lisa. I appreciate you mentioning that. She also mentioned another case I'm going to be doing. Lisa, I love you. (laughs) But I love you too, Lisa. And um, we are actually going to be doing it. I'm going to release another piece of this episode. You don't have to listen to it if you don't want to, but you absolutely can. I would love if you did. But it's going to be us actually just kind of talking about our our thoughts on this case. I just don't want this episode to run too long for you guys. Um, if you guys enjoyed this episode, go ahead, follow the podcast. Give me a five stars if you don't mind. I would appreciate that. Weird noises. Um, I hope you guys have a great day. I love you and I appreciate you. Andrew, would you like to say goodbye? <sighs> goodbye, everyone. Thank I'll you for having me on your podcast and... Maybe liking me. I don't know yet. I don't even know yet. If you did like me, 
I've you known know, you for years and I don't even know really you. That's really cool and I appreciate it. Maybe we can hold hands sometime. But Again, just like Lisa, you guys can send in an email to the podcast email at whattheactualeffharmony at gmail.com. If you guys have a case, an internet mystery, anything you want me to look into, paranormal, anything, send it in. And soon, coming in 2021, I will be running a YouTube channel of us not only digging into these cases, but going to some of these places. And Andrew will be a face that you will see on there. You'll be on there. Okay, cool. All right, guys. Have a great day. I love you. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Kisses, hugs. Bye.